Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 23rd Man Podcast, number 11 in fact. How you doing, Josh? I'm good, Liam. How are you? Oh, mate, it's been a bit it's been a bit boring this last week. I mean, we've had no footy. Not having to buy before the grand final now instead of buy around at the start of the final series. It's weird, but now you it's know, grand build final. Up, yeah, the build-up, the anticipation. It's, it's grand final week now. Very, very, very keen. What, T-minus five days until the big dance? Yep. And I'm um, very excited. So why don't we get started with... Um, we're just going to do a little uh, preliminary final review, and then we're going to do a season review of every single team. So mm-hmm. why don't we get right into the preliminary final review? Do you want to well, take I'll, it off, Josh? I'll, I'll get us started on that. So this had to be probably the most boring this preliminary the finals I've I saw, seen. I saw a stat. It was the highest combined margin of victories in a preliminary final I mean, weekend ever. I mean, an 83-point 80, 80, 80 win by the Ds and, a, what, 71 by... The Western Bulldogs, like it just made for a boring weekend. I can't even like pretty lo- boring. Yeah, I mean we went to the Melbourne versus Geelong game. We were lucky good atmosphere. Enough. Well, yeah, fifty um fifty eight thousand six hundred in attendance in Perth, yeah. and you know, speaking of that, the grand final is sold out. You know, sixty thousand tickets been sold. Yep. Um, the atmosphere was insane. Um, at one point, like even though it was a not, no, it wasn't a boring game. It was because the level of play was insane Melbourne from was Melbourne. Just yeah, watching that something else. Watching Melbourne play was electric. Geelong flat. Like, did you see what Isaac Smith said about um, his team's performance? What did he say? Something he said it was of, the most embarrassing forty-five minutes be. of football he's ever played. It should be. Yeah, no, it was an absolute. So, I'm surprised he said that. That's quite a bold statement to make coming from a player yes coming from a fan that's just no nah, coming from a fan that's fair enough but coming from a player who plays on the team yeah how does that team, reflect yeah. on the club like yeah. obviously you have people that go oh you know we'll bounce back from this next season but i mean he's telling the truth it, yeah. it was embarrassment and you know it's a testament to him to be able to say that you know it reflects poorly on him and his relationship with the club but you know it was embarrassing he's not wrong i mean to you know, to allow 125 points to only get 42 yourself on your team, it's just, ugh. Yep. Um, and the other the other preliminary final too, um, Port Adelaide, the doggies were just lights out from the start. They were not going to lose that game. Kicked seven goals to one in the first quarter. They were home by the first 10 minutes. The, the dogs led by 37 at quarter time. 37 points. That's in, crazy. In a quarter, like that's just insane. But yeah, so in in um speaking about the Melbourne versus Geelong game, Max Gorn. Max Gorn, wow. Like that's all I have to say, yeah. isn't it? Five uh, goals, nineteen touches. I mean, I think career like, high five the, goals. The highlight of that, you know, all his goals were spectacular. It's not like they were all set shots. Um, he was out. kicking. He was kicking them like he was. A, he was rock? a small forward on the run. Did you see him out of the rock oh. though? Tapped it down to himself and just straight Snapped on the it. boot and just straight through the big six. Like, ah, uh, I remember. It was, I think three of his goal, four of his goals out of his five came in the third quarter. Yeah, and it was like consecutive as well. And the Mel- like it was predominantly Melbourne fans. Yeah, like yeah, it was watching. Melbourne. I'd, I'd say it was probably predominantly. 70% oh even more 75 yeah 75 legit. supporting the days I, I 
I think we had a family in front of us supporting Geelong and everyone yeah. else in our section was Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. But yeah, I think everyone's rooting for Melbourne um, in that sense just because of their... Well, not our mates. Just because oh, we got one mate who's... No, nah, we, I think we got a couple. Wrapping the doggies, who? Yeah. Um, Lucky. Lucky, yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. Um, Tal. That's where Tal is demons. Nah, he's, he's on the dogs. Well, There's a lot of people on the dogs, I feel like, from I mean, our friends. We'll, I, don't we'll know, in, yeah. I don't know why. We'll I feel like our, I'm, um, I'm an outlier for going for the Ds. Yeah, well, I want to talk about that with you as well in a second. Um, I'll come. I'll swing back around to that, but just um, some stuff from this game as well. Um, Cozzy Pickett, four goals, you know. Uh, Jack Viney, he had 34. He was... Um, this is what they're going to need on grand final day. It is, yeah. And if they can replicate anything like they just did. But then again, if the dogs can replicate what they did against um, Port Adelaide, it's just so so crazy to me. Um, little, I'm going to chuck in a little Essendon stat in there. Um, this is the D's first grand final in 21 years since, since they lost they against Essendon. Essendon. Yeah. yeah. In uh, 2000. Um... Also, Stephen May. So he was subbed out during the third quarter. He due should to be good to go. Hamstring soreness. Yeah, I was reading a report, and I think they said worst case scenario he takes um painkillers pain before killers, the game, yeah. and he'll be all right. But yeah, um, also with this loss for the Cats, um, this is the Cats' biggest loss under Chris Scott since 2014. Yes, and, and it know, comes in a preliminary final. Yeah, it's just a very very disappointing end to the season, and to I guess the Cats, you know longevity and their reign over the AFL for the past definitely seems like a last hurrah with them 10 years yeah exactly but yeah they just had no impact and you know where was Geelong's forward line I mean Jeremy Cameron had two um Gary Rowan had one disposal oh, don't get me started on Gary Rowan I've said from the start he does not show up in finals and he's done it again oh, I just felt he's, bad he's he's Proved himself again that he just doesn't show up in finals. I, I felt bad for Bailey One watching, that man, watching that man have him in his multi oh, and just nothing. One disposal. I will never put Gary Rowan in my multi oh. in a final. But yeah, he just did not show up and none of Geelong showed up in all honesty. Um, but from that game, so I've got my votes here. So for one vote that game, I had Viney. So yep. Leading possession getter on the ground, 34 touches and 9 clearances. Yep. Um, he just was a ball magnet that game, you know. Usually it's your Olivers and Petrarchas, but this game it was it was Viney. Yep. Um, I had two votes, I had Petrarca. So he had 32 touches. Yep. Um, eight clearances in that and a goal. Yeah. You know, he's one of those players who can go down and kick a goal. Like kind of your Marcus Bontempelli kind of player. Yep. Does the majority of the work in the midfield, then moves down and kicks a goal. And three votes had to be Max Gorn. Yep. Clearly best on ground that game. 19 touches, five goals, career high for him. And oh, captain's goals, all of them. Excellent work by him. Yeah, um, that's a pretty good one, two, three there. Mm. I'd say for me, I'd go number one, I'd probably go Jake Lever. Mm-hmm. He's just a pillar down back, held Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins to low scores the whole night. Just... He is the pill- him and Stephen May are just huge in that I mean, back line. They're going to be so important this week. Um, hang on, sorry, just before you go on to that. Um, speaking of Melbourne's back line, did you see? I think it was Gary Rowan, Tom Hawkins, all in the forward line, and literally it was a two on one. Um, it was in the fourth quarter, I believe, and there's a handball that goes over to Jeremy Cameron, and he fumbles it out of bounds. Yep. Like he has a clear yeah. shot. That's just the defense and the 
of the pressure yeah of these two um, crazy there yeah so uh for two christian petrarca couple goals 30 plus touches mm-hmm. have to put in there and then of course number three have to go with max gorn yeah have to yeah i'm glad we agree there um so moving on to our saturday game so I wasn't able to watch this game. I had a mate's 21st. Lucky. So, happy birthday. Yeah, and exactly. I'm not even mad. I didn't get to watch this game. Yeah, lucky. You know? um, final score, uh, 6-9-45 to Port Adelaide. 17-14, 116 to the Dogs. 71-point win. Who's your three votes? Um, so, one vote for that game. I had Bont. Yep. Just t- stepped up in a final. Did yep. what he had to do. Um, two votes. I had McRae. So, 36 touches, always involved. And three votes had to be Bailey Smith. I yep. mean, he has been on a tear these this final series. We already have four goals this week, three goals against Brisbane. He's just playing insane football at the moment. Yeah, I can agree with you there. So, number one, I'm going to go Norton. Mm-hmm. Um, the impact he had in the first half. Did you when see they his were, mark? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. He's so acrobatic when he's in the air. He protects the, way, the football. The way he contorts his body when he's in the air is quite... Astronaut, spectacular mate. yeah Astronaut. it's 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 crazy how he does it so i'll give him one vote mm-hmm. uh two i'll go bonson pelly um kicked a couple snags um and three have to go bailey smith as well i yeah. think it was pretty clear who the best players on ground were in those two games i mean wines like he had 38 touches and a goal just a testament to a great season from him um but you know you can't to go out in that fashion, he was the only positive for yep. poor Adelaide at that point. And remind, reminding you, um, the Bulldogs had no Alex Keefe and no Cody Waitman as well. Yeah. So there's two players that are coming back into the side for the grand final. Yep. Who adds Keith, to an already Keith elite should list. be. Yeah. Should Waitman's be. Waitman's good to go. Yep. But yeah. Keith. This, this is just another disappointing loss um, in a prelim for poor Adelaide. I mean, they lost last year to Richmond. And Richmond went on to win the flag, but yeah. you know to go out by seventy-one points. Um, and Port Adelaide players have said as well, you know, this uh, dis- just disappointing. Well, I don't think this is the end for Port Adelaide no. at all. No. So I think they'll be back. They'll, next they'll year. run it back next year, hundred yeah. percent. All right. Um, do you want to get into our season review then? Yeah, just quickly though, I just want to say the last um, at the start of the final series, we made our predictions on who was going to win yeah. the flag. You said Port Adelaide, I and said I Melbourne, wrong. and, you know, one of us is out. Yeah. Moving into our I know, last week. I know, I know. Like, I just want to get your thoughts on that quickly. Like, you know, Port Adelaide were poised well, to I didn't win think, they, they I don't think anyone could have predicted the, that a blowout performance. Yeah, yeah no. so I I thought they, were, they weren't pretenders anymore, but clearly... I mean, they had the game at Adelaide Oval yeah, as well. They, yeah. They they fumbled it. That's it. That's mm. as simple as that. I can't do anything. I've made I made my prediction. I stood by it and I was wrong. So that's all I can say now. So why don't we get into our season review, mate? Alright. So first team we'll be starting off with is Adelaide. Is the Adelaide Crows. So they had um they had seven wins and fifteen losses, so they finished fifteenth. So it was an interest interesting year for the Crows. They had a great start start to the season. Well, Tex especially Walker was prolific in yeah, the first so couple of games. He was leading the Coleman. Um, had they started off great with a round one win over Geelong. Um, they've had some good development of some key players, so Ben Keys, Riley Thilthorpe, and um, Ned McCannu. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been 
disappointing years for players that played well last year. So Lockie Shaw and Tom Tom Doty um, were pretty disappointing this year. Um, and I think their season went into a bit of a spiral after the um, Taylor Walker racism situation. Yeah, no. I don't and he may agree. never play for the Crows again. No, I don't think he will. We talked about that when it did happen in the podcast, and I, uh, I just don't see him playing yeah. again. You know, it was, it was coming to the end of his career anyway. Like, it, obviously, he's still very... I think he was Talented. only being offered one more one a, a one year contract. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, couldn't get that out. Um, but yeah, so my grade for the Crows season this year is a C plus. What do you think of that? Um, well, going on from where they were last season, definitely. I'm just going off the way I'm grading my expect my the way I'm grading these teams is what they were expected to do this year. So the expectations, the predictions, what they were, what I was expecting them to be. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So that's basically what I'm going on. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably give them a bit lower. So C plus is an average year. I, I'd probably give them a bit lower, to be honest. Um, okay. I, as I've said it all season, I like watching Adelaide play. I think they have a very exciting core. You know, and adding players like um, Riley Philthorpe. Um, you know, adding those players. The Tex Walker situation, you know, derailed them a tiny bit. Um, but I like watching Rory Laird. I like watching Ben yeah. Keys. They're great players. Um, they're young. They can do something. Rory Laird's not too young. Well, Sloan, you know, those... Sloan's not young either. <laughs> it's okay, though. Um, but, yeah, they're young talent. I know what you mean. So, Ben Keys. Um, well, he's one of the um, superior wingers in the comp. And Paul Seisman as well had a great year, too, which is what, what exactly they needed. Um... So, are we done with Adelaide? Yeah. Shall um, we move on? Yeah, I'd say it's C-minus for them, but yeah. Yep, okay. So, we'll move on to Brisbane. Brisbane. So, they had uh, 15 wins and 7 losses and finished in 4th place. So, yep. is this another potentially wasted year? Well, they had, I believe, the highest percentage in the comp as well. They, yep. they had the highest They were percentage. the highest scoring team all year. <laughs> I think... Uh, with the team they have, this team definitely should have made the grand final. Yeah. And to be honest... Had the chance. They liter- It literally is a point. Yeah. That's what... That That's was what the difference. Them. I mean, although they lost their um, game against uh, Melbourne in the first round... Yeah. You know, that was, I guess, expected um, with Melbourne having the season that they did have. Um, but Brisbane's home and away season, you know, I was quite impressed by. Yeah, I so feel like they finished could have finished a bit higher. I think I think the point is they fight all year to get into the top four and just get in, and just to only go games. out in straight sets mm. for the second time in third seasons. Yeah. So I feel like um, I've got a couple of players here. So Lockie Neal had a down year, yeah, which could have influenced how Brisbane played. Um, and Joe Danaher was a great pickup, but for Brisbane to win a premiership, he needs to step up in finals. And I feel like Brisbane's most disappointing moment was when Hipwood tore his ACL. Well, yeah, Hipwood they, was it could a have been a different loss. story if Hipwood Hipwood played. That's so. an elite forwardman. I mean, you're pairing him with um, Joe Danaher in the forward line. Eric Hipwood has always yeah. been a great player down there. Um, also, you know, just their list. You know, Zorko, McCluggage, Lyons, Barry, Rich off yeah. half back. It's you know these players. They're good players. Yeah. And they're definitely a team I can see winning a premiership if they keep that together. Yeah. So I think they will. I th- yeah. In the next, co- I mean, they've been good since twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, when we watched them in Melbourne um, play against Richmond. But yeah, 
I think Brisbane overall, their season, I'd have to give them an A. I mean, they've made it to the top four. Really? I give them an A. Um, I'm include oh, an A minus. I'll include pluses and minuses in my system. Um, just the fact that they were able to get top four, they have an elite list. Although, so are you doing it home and away season or including their finals? Including finals. Okay, including their, their whole finals. season. Including their finals, that makes them a bit lower because you expect I give them, them to B. do more. Home and away season, I give them an A. I, I'm not. I'm not separating them. I'm doing it all in one. So their whole their season as a whole, it's a B. They had a successful home and away season, but they couldn't get the job done. But they made top four. They're still looking good for next year. That's why I give them a B. Okay, so in that sense... So they were, they saying- were still above average, but they didn't get the job done, so they can't get any higher than a B, in my opinion. So are you saying that the only A you've given is to the two teams that have made the I'm grand final? I'm not giving that away. <laughs> You'll find out. All right, um, let's move on to Carlton. So... Eight wins, 14 losses, and finishing 13th position. So, what a disaster this year was. I mean, they were, pre- they were predicted to do a lot better yeah, than they did. Yeah, so they were supposed to be... This was supposed to be a year where they finally get close to the eight or even jump into it. Instead, they finished 13th. They lose their coach. Um, yeah, so the game plan did not work. The players were not invested. Led to a whole footy department review. And the CEO left, and David Teague also got sacked. Mm-hmm. My grade is an F. You just think this was an absolute disaster? Disaster. Um, for the club, an F is probably for a good shout. For the club, it is an F. Um, a few, and I say a few, like literally two positives I can take away from Carlton. Is Sam Walsh. Is Sam Walsh and yep. Harry Mackay. Yeah, Mackay it. to win the um, Coleman. Sam Walsh to have the absolute blitz of a season that he did. And he's young as well. He's yep. just turned 21. Um, they're the only positives I can think of for Carlton. I give them an F. I don't... I don't. That it was just a disaster of a year. Very I'm, embarrassing to be a Carlton fan this year. I mean, they took it to some teams as pretty, well. Pretty, pretty. Um, it's basically amateur hour at Carlton right now. So it's it's not they're not in a good place, and that's a result of their play on the field this year. Yeah, so. they they didn't beat any good teams this year at all. They only beat you know mediocre teams. So they beat your Adelaide. They beat and they lost to a lot of bad teams. Yeah, I mean, they, no, they got good. beaten by North Melbourne by 39 points at one point. Yeah. I think their best win of the season was against St. Kilda. That was a shock yeah. win, but other than that, That's yeah, Carlton, it. disaster of a season. What um, what grade would you give him? I'd have to agree with an F. F like, yep. just nothing went right for them other than Sam Walsh and Harry Mackay. Yep. All right, let's move on to Collingwood. So, Collingwood had six wins, 16 losses, and F. finished in 17th position. This F. was their worst... Um, this was their worst finished on the ladder ever. Yep. So I wasn't expecting this down of a year from the Pies, but I think everything went downhill after the off-season they had when they basically gave away Trelaw and lost Eddie Maguire. And for half of the year, they had no attacking game, but they debuted a lot of young talent, which... So they had the most this, debuts this yeah, season, Yeah, so they? this potentially looks promising for the future with the amount of um, people they players that they debuted and... You know, they look quite good. So, I'm going to give them a D. Just only because of the young talent that they were able to bring. They could have shut down this whole season, just played their senior players. But what they decided to do, they decided to develop the youth. They decided to speed up the process, bring in all this youth. Obviously, they're not going to win enough games to make finals. They're doing some development now. And I think that's at least a positive that 
can bump up their grade. So that's why I'm going with a D. I'd have to give them an F. Okay. Um, just for the fact it is their lowest finish. Um, they lost Bucks, you know. Um, and that as well. I completely forgot about that. They, yeah, Bucks. Um, no longer coaching. Well, that. they're looking good. They've got um, they've got a brand new um head coach. Yeah, so. but just like the dramatic shift, you go back three years. They're playing in a grand final against West Coast. Yeah. And now they're seventeenth on the ladder. A football club can change. That is that is just crazy to me. Usually I don't see them a, finishing seventeenth next year though. Usually, yeah, not with the young talent coming in. I think there's teams that will perform. Which worse. is why I said them yeah, bringing in I, all this young talent I get this that. year. I get that, but for this season, but for this season, from where they were predicted to go and the yeah. history of this club to where they did finish, I mean, to only win six games, you know, and a lot of them were thumpings as well i mean they had a percentage of 80 their best win was probably against west coast unfortunately mm. but um yeah we're done with collingwood um well, you got anything else to say i did not anymore uh also um scott pendlebury injury yes yeah, so that was a big he'll be back for he'll them be, he'll be back though um yeah and he will lead that club. Yep. He's, he's a great player. Yep. All right. All right. So let's move on to Essendon. So 11 wins, 11 losses, finished in eighth position. So who expected this? No. No so. one. Every, um, a lot of AFL analysts and experts all had, all had Essendon pinned for a top, uh, sorry, bottom, bottom four, four finish. Yep. And just the young talent that they were able to develop, you know? And how quickly it's developed. Oh, um, new coach how, coming in. How quickly the culture has changed they, around yeah, that exactly. football club. They changed everything in such a short time and just gone boom. Like, yep. everyone was rooting for Essendon yeah. once they so made the eight. No one was expecting this by the Young Bombers, um, but I feel like Jake Stringer has been a revelation this year, so... Hasn't really been much since he he's come to Essendon from, from the dogs. The doggies, yeah. Won but the premiership with the doggies. He's been a revelation this year. And no, these he, young bombers just have so much potential. I mean, so I'm going to give them an A minus. Yeah, um, A minus, B plus, either or for me. Um, just you know, Darcy Parrish stepping up. He won three. Uh, sorry, what did he win? Um, Anzac Day medal. Uh, That's medal. revelation too. Darcy yeah, exactly. Parrish. The way he was able to step up, you know. Um, Shield got injured at the start of the season. McGrath was injured for the majority of the season, you know. Um, I think that's boy, what opened up the door for Darcy Parrish. Yeah, exactly. Getting a run in the midfield. And him and Zach Merritt, I mean, they're just such a... They're Great an elite duo. duo. Yep. They complement each other's games so much. Now, are you expecting them to make finals next year? I mean, yes. If they were able to do that this season, you know, get their full squad back, they've got something to play for. Okay. You know, they've got something that... They I think they'll go. be a fringe top eight team. I don't expect them to jump no, into I don't the think, top I don't four think they'll or anything. be top four, no. Um, but around that mark, you know, win this like, season, everyone... Win 12 to 14 games, well, maybe. They won 11, lost 11. That's right? what I'm so saying. Win 12 to, 12 to 13 games. But... You you look at the results and you go back. So they were their first game of the season. They lost by a point to Hawthorne. They lost by a point to Hawthorne. You yeah. Know? Um. They were up forty odd points at that point. That could be a win there if they didn't choke. 
They um and then Sydney lost by three points. Yeah, know, by round they had a lot eight. of close losses. Yeah, exactly. You know, all of these could have been wins. You know, lost to the Giants by two. Lost to uh sorry, beat Frio by seven. Good win there. Uh, my favorite win of the season against the Eagles at yeah. Optus Stadium at that game. Um, against Richmond, you know, they were up by like two points and then Richmond kicked seven straight goals. It's just these little things that they could have done a lot differently. Which is what occurs when you're a young team, but that's the things you eventually learn on and you play. All right. Play on. So let's move on to Frio. So Frio had uh, 10 wins, 12 losses and finished in 11th position. So I didn't expect them. (coughs) I didn't expect them to to make finals. So it was good effort by Frio to be in the run for the top eight in the last couple rounds. Mm -hmm. Um, they continue to develop their younger players, and they're on the right path to becoming a great team. So, no, I like watching Frio play. I think it's pretty disappointing that Cherub wants to leave, but they'll get draft picks in return, potentially pick six and pick eight, which they, they have to turn them into forwards. They have to. Their forward stock isn't the best. Well, I they mean, need, they need a lob. They need a good key forward to develop. Uh, I mean, Tabana has has been their key forward. Rory Lobb, Matthew. Tabana. But when you look at their forward line compared to other forward lines, like the rest of their team is pretty good, but their forward line is the one that lacks the most. I mean, when your small forwards are Travis Collier and Lockie Schultz, you've got a problem. That's my. But I feel the AFL is more shifted towards tall forwards now more than small forwards. I feel like it's more of a tall forward dominated league. At not in point, my opinion. I think it is. Well, um, I think not really because you look at tall key forwards back in the day, they used to kick 100-plus goals a year. Okay. You but don't you don't see that nowadays. No, you don't. Um, the, definitely the dynamic of the game's changed, but you look at your Coleman leaders. You know, yeah, you look of course at Harry you do, McKay. but small forwards are also up there. They're exciting. They're more exciting and kick, you know, your Cozzy Pickett's, your Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody's, um, Tom Papley. They're your small forwards, and yeah, they can kick a ripper of Eddie Betts. You know, they can kick a ripper of a goal, but in terms of getting it out of the midfield and hitting a target, you're looking for a tall forward. Of course, you are, but you need good small forwards on your team because if the if the forwards cannot mark the ball, you're going to need crummers. You need cr- you need crummers around the ball I because guess, if you don't have yeah. that, then the. But do you the, prefer an elite tall forward or an elite small forward? Well, why not have both? No, that's, that's what not, I'm saying. Yeah, okay, you can have both, but what would you prefer? Oh, an elite tall forward, but what I'm saying is they need both. They can't have just Tabana yeah, no. and then nothing surrounding him, no. you know? Travis Scullier and Lockie Schultz aren't going to get the job done. You know what I mean? In saying that, I mean, you look at Geelong. You, you don't, they don't really have a small forward, do they? Like uh, a crummer to the level. Really. No, and they have... I know, I know what you mean, but that. they need... Every team needs a small forward, in my opinion. So, my grade for them is a B-. minus. Really? Yep. I'd have to go probably a C or a C-, minus just because... Well, I didn't expect them to make finals, and I didn't... You know, they were close to making finals. They're only one game out of the eight, so... I that's why I gave them a B. They were in the the top eight going into the last round. That's why I gave them a B. Or B-. minus. Yeah, but this is the closest top eight race it's been in ages, so you can give Still, all of those that, teams. That's, that's my um, point as well. The reason I give Frio a bit of a lower grade is just their inaccuracy. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. that's what killed them this season. Yeah. They could have been great, and they lost a couple of easy games yeah. just due to inaccurate kicking. They were the most inaccurate team in the comp. I agree with that. All right. 
uh, let's move on to GWS. So GWS had 11 wins, 10 losses, and one draw, and finished in seventh spot. So this was a good year by GWS. No, I was quite impressed uh, by them. Won a final with the, and with the number of injuries they sustained over the year, you know, it's quite remarkable what they did. So they were a bit up and down mm-hmm. over the year, but steadied on at the end. Getting that win against get Sydney eight, as well. In the final, yeah, that has to be win of the year for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the one only worrying prospect for me is their captain, Stephen Cornelio. So, well, he, he injury riddled year. Um, and when he's when he's played this year, you just can't find much of the footy. He just cannot get back into that form. He was 2019, 2018. Um, so, the question is for them: Do they move his? Do they move him? Do they move his contract? Um, you know, I feel like they will if he doesn't play too the standards that he needs to as a captain at GWS next year. Um, but my grade for GWS is a B plus. So I think they had a good year. Um, Especially with the the injuries that they had. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to agree. I'd give them a B as well. Yep. Um, Glad you although, agree. Although, although, SN, like, although, sorry, not SN, although GWS, you know, it's hard, it's hard for them. Um, Obviously, they've they been on that, the road the whole year too. Yeah, exactly. So many games on the road. I'm, but I'm like even going back to uh, 2019 where they lost to Richmond in the grand final. Um, you know they've been consistent. I guess you know they haven't dropped off too much. Um, they have a good squad. Like I like watching. You know your Lockie Whitfield's, Josh Kelly's, Tim Taranto's. Um, I think they have a great squad, and <laughs> they in all honesty one of the best songs in the comp as well yeah. I love their song yeah. um, but yeah no, I'd, I'd give them a B I think they've had a good season yep okay alright let's move on to Geelong so Geelong had 16 wins and 6 losses and finished in 3rd position so uh, it's it's really hard to get a tell on Geelong so it was successful it was a successful year according to their win-loss record but in terms of the final season goal that they had, it was a failure. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, going from a grand final last season, um, I mean, they made it to the prelims, but then just got blown out of the water by the Ds. So that's what I mean. A good season was absolutely ruined by an embarrassing performance that's it. in and, the prelims. So that's, that's, what, that's what history is going to remember yeah. this season by for Geelong. They're not going to remember the 16-6. and six. They're going to remember the absolute blowout that... Yeah happened against the I think, Demons. I think also the most worrying thing for Geelong is they had a record this year for the most the players age. over the age of 30 in a single game on the same team. Mm. Um, this could have been their last chance is all I think. So I'm going to give Geelong a B. See, like, that's that's what is confusing me about your grading system. Um, just because you gave... Well, the Geelong thing is you can't GWS give them an... The you, can't give, you can't give them an F. No, I'm not saying you can, but... You give Geelong and GWS the same grade. Well, G- I gave GWS though, a higher grade. Yeah, exactly. Even though... Um, I gave GWS a higher grade. Yeah, even though... So I'm saying they did better. Yeah, I know, but you're not comparing it as um, across the whole team playing fairly. You're comparing it just as that individual team, which is uh, it's fine, I understand, but you know that just surprises me that a team that goes 16 and 6 gets a lower grade than, you know... Well, the of course they do. It's 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 the way that it, the way I've done it is 
what they were expected to do, what their goal was as a team, and Geelong's goal was to win a premiership. You can't give them an A just because they finished third on the ladder. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for finishing third on the ladder. Even though they got blown out in the prelim and it was a completely embarrassing performance, I would give an F just for that. But obviously, they had a good home and away season. They finished third. So I gave them a B. And I think that's pretty reasonable, in my opinion. What would you give them? Um, Probably a B+. Plus. So why? Hey, hey. No, 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 no. But like, we're or, not, or even, an A-. not even that different. Or, no, or an A minus, just because. A-. Just because you know. I wouldn't go to that they, extreme. Or, they, they made the grand final the season before. They're elite. They've been in the. We're not worrying about four. Nick, They've Nick been in the top four for ages. Year. You know, they're a staple in AFL um, over the last decade, and not for much longer. No, which I'm not is saying why for much longer. Yeah, but we don't know that. We don't know the future. They could come out next season and win the flag for all. This we know. is unlikely. Unlike, these, uh, no, these I beliefs. understand it's your beliefs, but I'm just saying, you know, for a team to go 16 and 6, you know, an old team as well, like, yeah, generally a team that old, you know, even though they've been elite in their prime, these players, they are old and it's, you know, not as easy to keep up with the, with the young boys coming through. Um, but, you know, they're competitive. They've got an elite team. You know, you're Tom Stewart and you're Exactly. Backline. They might be old, but they're elite. They've got all-Australian all defenders. Exactly. Um, they've got all-Australian players throughout. You know, exactly. they have a... They have multiple common medalist winners in their forward line. Exactly. Multiple all-Australians across the ground. They should have won a premiership, in my opinion. But They definitely... Well, yeah, in, they should have. And they were projected to as well, especially after Richmond started to decline. But, you know, this was such a breakout season for Melbourne, you know... Exactly. So, do you want to move on? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's go to Gold Coast. So, seven wins, 15 losses, um, finishing 16th spot. So, don't really need to get into much with this. Wasn't expecting much from the Suns, but I thought they'd have a better team than 16th. So, See? Um, huh? What? what? <clears throat> I said that I was expecting them to be better than a 16th place team. Mm-hmm. So... But Ben King had a great year, mm-hmm. which was a little positive for them. So did Tuke Miller. Tuke Miller was amazing. I mean, he averaged 30 disposals. If, for- if they won more games, he was he could have been a chance for the Brownlow. Uh, but the same can't be said for Isaac Rankin. He no, was he pretty, was dropped. He, and he, remember, we talked about that. I said um, in the podcast, you know, he ha- he's, hasn't been good for X many games. Yeah. He needs to be dropped. And he, like, dealt, and he was. And he was, So exactly. you were correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think as a club, it, it's a great statement. You know, you're not playing your best football. Just well, because you were good last season doesn't mean you secured a spot. The one thing I like um, that Tuke Miller did at their best and fairest, he was quite emotional saying he loves this club. He bleeds uh, red and yellow. It's surprising. Or red and gold. And he's saying that, you know, he loves this the is boys, he, he loves be. the team, he wants to play there, and he wants to win a premiership with those boys. So, I think um, they'll be up and about next year. What grade? And I think they should keep Stuart do as well. Oh, yeah. And they'll improve. I give, well, him, I give him a C-. minus. They were below average. Okay. Does um, that make sense? Yeah, no, They were does. below average. Yeah, no, they were. You know... In terms of Gold Coast standards, just... I mean, they didn't win many games. How many games did they win? You said... You were expecting more, though. You know, you expect Matt Rowell coming back. Well, Matt Rowell was disappointing. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's what I mean. Matt Rowell was extremely disappointing. So, they were below average, which is what I've given them, a a below average grade. 
but they weren't horrible to the fact that it was a extreme failure of a year so i've gone with a c minus what would you give them yeah probably um d plus yeah okay sons all right, um, let's move on to Hawthorne. So, seven wins, 13 losses, two draws, finished in 14th spot. Mm-hmm. So, it was a weird year for the Hawks. So, brought in this succession plan that ex- escalated very quickly. Yeah. A uh, lot of leaked news coming out in the media. Um, we covered all of that in our early episodes. We did. So, Clarko was out the door at the end of the season. Sam Mitchell's taking over. Hawks got some good young talent and some cap space. Could they be lost a, some it, talent as well. Sean they Burgoyne. did. Um, but it could be a big off season for the Hawks. But I give them. I wasn't expecting them to be in the race for top eight. I knew they were going to be pretty average, so I've given them a C. They were average, which is what the grade they would deserve. So that's my opinion of the Hawks. I for the Hawks, I'd say a C plus. Um, okay. Just because. Towards the end of the season, you know, they were looking rough. We obviously... They were. We, we talked about... I, I our, thought they were going to finish on, yeah, on the, the that's ladder. That's what I'm saying. You predicted a wooden spoon. Um, we had our, you know, argument about Richmond versus they, Hawthorne. They came back to being average. Um, yeah, you know, they were they didn't look like they were going to win a lot of these games coming into the final five rounds, five or six rounds or so, and managed to, you know, pull 14th on the ladder. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm giving them a C plus. Just the way they were able okay. to, you know, keep themselves composed, knowing that their coach was on the way I can out. see that. That's fair enough. So, yeah. Yep, fair enough. All right, let's move on to Melbourne. So, 17 wins, four losses, and one draw. And finish top of the ladder. So a plus. Who? Yeah, A plus. Hundred percent. Who expected this? No, what no. What a year by the D's. What I mean, start, starting off ten and zero, like that put the league on notice yeah. straight so away. Started on, started off ten and zero, won the minor premiership for the first time in fifty odd years, and they are now in a grand final. Their development weekend. of Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver, me, Stephen May, Jack Weaver. Some of their star players that had huge years. Everyone. Clayton Literally Oliver. everyone on that list. Christian Petrarca, Max Gorn, Christian Salem, Stephen May, Jake Lever, Bailey Fritch. Cosy Pickett. All with Pickett as well. May, all just massive years. Ed Langdon as well. Just everyone Did contributes. Did you say Viney? He didn't have that. He He's had better years, but he still contributes to the team. He's still a great midfielder. So that's what I mean. They've got all these extras that aren't their stars anymore. But they're still contributing so and, much, and to even the team. bringing elite talent into that list. You know, Ben Brown, ben Brown. joining in the forward line. Uh, yeah, like although he was, like looked a bit eh, uh, towards the middle, like when he f- first started playing for the D's. Um, you know, he's coming to his own, and he's he's always going to be a threat. Yeah. So A plus. Yep, A plus. So let's move on to North Melbourne. So North had uh, just four- a complete flip of a coin here. Yeah. So four wins, seventeen losses, and one draw, and finished in last position. Collected the wooden spoon. So I think we all knew North was going to win the wooden spoon. So I've gone with that expectation. Except for you. you uh, I thought they were. Hawthorne? No, at the start <laughs> of the year, I think everyone knew that North was going to win the spoon. So it was a weird year, and they had a horrible start, but. The way they played in the second half of the year... I mean, they had a couple of good wins. I mean, they, they be- beat West Coast, you know. They became so much more competitive in the second half of the year. And that talent that they're continuing to develop will be the key over the next couple of years. So, I'm going to give them a D. Because you know they were expecting to lose... Uh, to win the 
the wooden spoon. You know they were going to finish last. They had mm. the worst team in the AFL, and they've been competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that they've been competitive. I mean, you look and they're, at like they're Nick developing, Larky they're developing their talent. Nick Larkey, so. Cam Zerha, Aaron Hall, huge this season. So a D. Um, Ben Cunnington, uh, Taron Thomas. It's not a failure of a year. No, by any standards, well, D is a fail. Anything below a C is a fail. Yeah, um, but it's not an F. Mm. I'd give them a C. Um, okay. For where they were expected. Yep. Um, just this second half of the season, you know, they took it to Sydney, lost by fourteen. I mean, they were blown out by Adelaide. Um, but end of the season, uh, kept it semi close with Geelong. Beat Carlton, you know, beat the Eagles by ten points. Beat the Suns, so they're beating teams around. They were pack. they tied with the Giants, yeah. Which was so they were they were competitive. That's the point. Yeah, they weren't really blown out by other than the um, what was it, Easter game against Western Bulldogs. Yeah. That's their worst lo- worst game where Josh Bruce kicked ten goals. But yeah. yeah. Um, I give the them a C from what they came in expecting to where they finished. You know, they finished where they were supposed to yeah. be, bottom of the ladder. Agreed. So let's move on to Port Adelaide. So Port had 17 wins and five losses and finished second. So it was a good year for Port, but the same story as some other contenders. Feels like a wasted year. This yep. was their chance. Yeah. Two home games at Adelaide Oval and they blew it in the prelim final. I'm interested. What grade? Uh, I gave them a B plus, so similar to Geelong. Just because of their finals loss. Um, yeah, so similar, similar to Geelong, their expectations going into the year. Um, apart from, so it's the same thing with Geelong. Apart from the prelim, they finish. They finish in the top two, and they'll be they'll be looking for a flag next year. So B plus. Yeah. I'll give them an A minus just for yep. the fact they finished second on the ladder. They finished. Um, you know, that was projected obviously top eight. Um top four. Even even losing that prelim last year to the Tigers, they were projected very highly. Um they were yeah, obviously expected there. We all knew they were gonna be playing finals from the get. They have such an elite list. Um so yeah, A minus. Yep. Okay. Um let's move on to Richmond. So Richmond had nine wins, twelve losses and one draw. So they finished in twelfth position. So, it was a pretty disappointing year for the reigning premiers, but they had so many injuries. Yeah. So many injuries. This just comes down to and injuries there. I think it I, th- I think it might be the end of an era. For I think Richmond. it's time for them to start bringing in some uh well, Cochin has just stepped talent. down as um captain as well. He has. So, I it depending on how many players they can keep on the park next year will depend mm. on if they make finals Dusty or not. Dusty will be back. Um uh, Yeah, I I give them a D. D. You know, going I, from that's reigning, what I that's what I said. Going D. from reigning premiers to finishing twelfth on the ladder. I, think I mean, that's I the g- biggest. I think that's, that's the biggest, biggest jump in AFL history. It's a drop. Yeah. yeah. Um, just losing, you know, that much. I mean, it comes down to injuries, and that's just what happens in football. But yeah. D. Yep. All right. Um, let's move on to St Kilda. So, St Kilda had ten wins and twelve losses, and finished in tenth position. Pretty disappointing season for the Saints. We were expecting some big things from them um, after last season, so a lot of people had them in that in their top six, I'd say. But I think one positive thing is Jack Steele continues to show that he is one of the best players in the comp. Oh, absolutely! Should have got more votes in the Brown though, but he didn't. And I also think Max King's progression over the year was great to see. So becoming more more and more confident with his set shot kicking. Um, he's gonna be their key forward for the next 
10 years. So, but for their season, I give them a D. Um, I'll probably, I, I reckon I'd give them a C. Just, I, I didn't think they'd be a top eight side. Why? Um, coming into this season. They were almost a top four side last year. I just, uh, I didn't, I didn't think they'd, Why? they've just never been a team that I've thought consistently makes the eight other than like early on in the, um, the yeah, but tens. I thought this was a change. They almost made top four, oh, won no. a final. I thought, all right, they're on the up. They're on the up here. They're up and coming and, you know, bottomed out. Nah, so. just for my, my personal opinion, I didn't see them. Um, uh, maybe like a fringe eight team, which they did finish, so that's why I'm giving them a C. But, yeah, okay. I didn't think they'd be as high as six. All right, well, I got them for D. So let's move on to Sydney. So Sydney had 15 wins and seven losses and finished in six spots. So this was a great Very good year. season for Sydney. Um, I did not expect them to finish this high. So tied on wins for top four only missed out on percentage uh, was on the road for half of the year and the development of their young talent has Callum been Mills is just insane amazing. yeah on that so team. they've got a great future ahead of them I mean their list is elite as well like you look at Luke Parker you know um, Buddy Buddy in the forward line Josh Callum Kennedy's Mills, still yeah, there Josh Kennedy um, they're going to lose a bit of talent over this off season though with George Hewitt going to Carlton Lloyd in the back line and George Hewitt's going to Carlton and Jordan Dawson's going to one of the Adelaide teams. So mm. losing a bit of talent there, but I'd I'm give sure them a B plus. I'm giving them an A. They weren't expected to make finals this year and they almost made top four. Mm. So I'll give them an A. Right. Um, so next one, I hate to get into this one. Uh, West Coast. So 10 wins, 12 losses, finishing ninth position. So horrible year. I give them an F. Uh, I not, gave them... I'm not not saying that just because I don't like them, um, and they're your team. I honestly, they had the best team on paper. You know, they... I give them a D minus. Yeah, for me, it's an F. Yeah, so horrible year, injury riddled, and even when players were healthy, it just didn't click. So, uh, my opinion is that the game plan needs a whole revamp, and if they're going to be any chance just uh, next year. And a few star players need to get more fit if they're going to have big years next year. And well, that's especially coming the midfield. In, coming into this, this could be like Kennedy's this last is, season. This will be Kennedy's and Hearn's last years. Mm. So it, we, we really need to improve. So, but yeah, yeah. D minus. Um, yeah, me. F for me. Just, you know, they had two massive blowout losses to Geelong and Sydney. Um, their best win of the season, in my opinion, was the, the win against Richmond. Yeah, um, amazing. Great, game, great game there. You know, th- and then just their second half of the season. Um, lost really to North poor. Melbourne by 10. Lost to Collingwood by 45. Just couldn't get any continuity when it came to um, keeping a, a certain amount of players in the squad, um, like a midfield group, for example. Mm. It was always Shuey injured or it was Kelly injured or... Red and injured. It was always someone different. Yeah, and then like losing to, um, you know, Lots they needed huge they needed losses. to win games to make finals. You know, keen... it got to the point where they needed to win games and they, and they didn't couldn't... do it. They lost to Frio and Derby fifty three, and then lost the last game. Lost too. the last game to the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm expecting a big off season though. I'm expecting a lot of changes. I feel like the players are going to be uh, a lot more motivated to. Um, improve for next season 
but let's, no, you'd, you'd hope so. Yeah, let's move on to our last team. So the Western Bulldogs, 15 wins, 7 losses, and finished in 5th spot. So great year by the Dogs. They were top 2 for most of the year, but lost their last 3 games, which put them out of the Missed top, that double top chance. 4. But it's been a great effort to get to the grand final. Huge finals run from them. So... Um, what I've taken from the Dogs this season is their midfield is easily the best in the comp. Bont, Bailey Smith, Tom Libertore, Trelaw, and Dunkley all in the same midfield. You're I just feel not like going to say McRae? Hey? You're just not going to say McRae? Did I miss him? You did. Oh, I missed his... I, I have McRae written at the front here. I forgot to say McRae. Um, yeah, McRae as well. So... I've got A Feeling plus like for the, the dogs. Brownlow voters, mate. Yeah, yeah. Brown, the umpires. I've got. I've crime. got an A plus. Um, yeah, just I go an A just based on like they were top two the majority of the season. Dropped off the last couple of games yeah. where and you know one point the difference with Brisbane um, as well in that elimination final. That's the difference between you know them getting a B. Yeah, compared to them getting an A, because yeah. you know if, so they, if, they, if they went out in the first week, if they lost. Like, yeah, exactly. Then it would have been a C. Top two the whole season, they went out against. Then it would have been Brisbane. a C. Yeah. But how they've changed, turned it around, and uh, got to my A plus, it's pretty good. So yeah. that wraps up our season review and wraps up episode eleven. So we're about to do episode twelve now. So um, we'll see you guys That's at the good. next episode. Double release.